there are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers. Which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi. It's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show, your home for open, honest, and provocative conversations. Hey everyone, I'm Megyn Kelly. Welcome to The Megyn Kelly Show. The crisis at our southern border is growing more concerning as the days pass. Associated Press is now reporting those Haitian migrants that were in Del Rio, Texas, are being released into America. Very few have been sent back to Haiti, as the Biden administration advertised. They want us to believe they've got all these folks on planes going back home. It's not true. Only a handful have been. My first guest today is Dennis Michael Lynch. He is the host of the Dennis Michael Lynch podcast and founder of the DML News app. And he's been covering the border and illegal immigration since 2010. He's produced four films on the topic with a fifth about to be released. Dennis, so great to see you again. How are you? Megan, it's great to be with you. It's been too long. It's crazy what's happening now at the southern border, and you're the perfect person to talk to this about. Your your documentary films, They Come to America. We used to feature them on Fox, on The Kelly File, on America Live before that. And so, you know, unlike most of us, you've been down there repeatedly, and you understand this region and this problem acutely and truly on an expert level. Uh, this is what we know. In the last fiscal year, nearly 28,000 Haitians have been intercepted by Border Patrol. It was only 4,400 the year before. It was only 2,000 the year before that. Okay, so we are way the hell up just to kick things off before we got to this crisis with the bridge. Uh, Down under this bridge in Del Rio, Texas, started off with 400 of these migrants, went up to 4,000 very quickly, then 10,000, then 16,000, which people who watch this area say is unprecedented. This is not some media invented story. This is huge. This is dangerous, and we don't know how to deal with it. Uh, Now it's reportedly down to 8,000. And the Biden administration is telling us it's great. They're flying the migrants back to Haiti. Don't you worry. They're putting them on planes. They're going back home to Haiti. They're on it. And now we learn, Dennis, it's not true that only a handful have been put on the planes back to Haiti and the rest have been released into the good old U.S. of A. with a little notice saying, OK, can't wait to see you at your asylum hearing. <laughs> They're never coming back, Megan. You know that. Look, you know, I, I've been doing this immigration thing since 2009. Nothing ever changes. Uh, It's always the same thing. Today, we're talking about the Haitians. Tomorrow, we'll be talking about the Guatemalans. The next day, we'll be talking about people from the Middle East. It has always been the same thing. Uh, I did a Facebook Live on Saturday, and I mean, it went viral. Why did it go viral? Because Biden and the whole administration came out and said, no, we're going to be deporting them. And I said exactly what was going to take place. He's going to send home a few. 
because he's going to get those headlines. It's all the window dressing and the rest of them will be released into somewhere USA. They're going to go out there. They're going to be spreading COVID. They're going to be spreading all the other different diseases they come in with. And there's a lot of diseases, Megan. And it's the same thing. Every single year, every single president, it is always the same thing. And the thing that gets me about this Look at anything in our lives. There's always advancement. Sometimes, Megan, that advancement comes slower or it just comes whether you like it or not. Give an example, right? Here, you and I talk about immigration. We used to be with all the big cameras. Now we do it because technology lets us do it through computer screens on my end. Everything in this country has made an advancement at some point except for the border. The border is the only thing that we could always look at and say, why does it continue to get worse? And the reason why it gets worse, whether it's Haitians or somebody else, is because there is no will to stop these people from coming into our country. There's no will on either side. Now, what about that? Because I know you've been critical of Trump and you were a Trump supporter and Biden yeah. when it comes to this issue. So why? Because, you know, I'm nowhere near as close to it as you are. But my my feeling is Trump did a lot more to to prevent illegal immigration and crack down on those crossing our border unlawfully, certainly than Obama before him or Biden after him? Yes and no. So I listened to an interview you did with Stephen Miller. I think it was mm -hmm. about a week or two ago. Excuse mm -hmm. me if I got the dates wrong. Yeah. End of but, yeah. But I, w I found it astonishing and I found it troubling. And I'm not looking to pick on him individually. It's always the same. If you go back and look at Donald J. Trump's books that he had written prior to actually winning the presidency, if you go back and you look at all the speeches he gave on illegal immigration, take out the great chant of build the wall. Mm. What, you what you heard this president say before he was the president was that he was going to put in a multifaceted approach. The wall was one part of it, but as an expert, I know that the wall is like putting a Band-Aid on cancer. Until you create a system to where there is no longer the avail availability for an illegal alien to get a job, you are going to continue to see this flow come in. Now, in his books, Trump said that a wall would not do it alone. You had to put tariffs on Mexico and you had to put in mandatory E-Verify. You had to hold the employers accountable. Mm. Stephen Miller, in all of his smarts, never, ever, ever was there one tweet from Donald J. Trump of all the tweets? Never was there any one tweet about E-Verify. And when he did say tariffs, Megan, and I think this may be the most important thing I say on the program here today, it was on June, oh, let's say June 1. I have it here written somewhere. It was on, sorry, May 30th, okay? He wrote May 30th, 2019, after the rush of caravans was coming in. He told Mexico, I'm going to put a 5% tariff on all the products that you're sending in. And by the way, 80% of Mexico's you know, exports go to us. He was going to put a 5% tariff on starting June 10, and then it was going to go up to as high as 25%. It would have crippled that country. It was the only time in my 10, 11 years doing this that I've ever seen Mexico react. They sent their top people to Washington, D.C. The stock market actually took a little bit of a hit. We had them. We had them. At the end of the day, those Haitians don't need to be underneath that bridge. They shouldn't be underneath that bridge. Those Haitians are just one visual, Megan. We're getting about 5,000 people right now per day, if not 7,000 people per day coming through, mm -hmm. in addition to the Haitians. 
Those people should have never gotten past the border in South Southern Mexico, but they do. And the reason why they do, Megan, time and time again, is because the cartels are making billions of dollars off this. The government, the corrupt government of Mexico are making billions of dollars off this. The politicians in this country who are getting donations from big companies who are making a fortune off this, that's why it continues to go. The Haitians right now are just a page in a big, huge book of illegal immigration into this country. That is so interesting. So helpful. What a good 30,000 foot perspective on it. Can I ask you, I get why the cartels make money on it. They they make money off of charging people for the sm- smuggling. They use them to smuggle drugs and other things. They make them pay the cartels for years and years after they actually get here. So I get how they make money. And I get how American employers like cheap labor that they don't, they're not interested in E-Verify. They don't want to know whether they're legal or not. They just want cheap labor. Um, but I don't get why the how does the Mexican government make money by allowing this? Oh, because they're corrupt. <laughs> they're corrupt. So if you're a gangster, right, what do you do? You pay the guy at the door to turn the other way while you're doing your your illegal activity. So, you know, what happened is, is when they put those tariffs, that tariff tweet out, what happened? You saw the window dressing. The government sent down the police, right? They had it all there and they were blocking the cages. Remember that? So that was the visual everybody needed. Oh, okay. We're doing the right job, but that it did not last. It doesn't last at all. Why does it last? Because I'll tell you what, if the government was to truly keep the police there and stop those people from coming in, you know what those government officials would be doing the next day? They'd be hanging from a noose on a sign by, by cartel members who are going to say, you're not stopping the flow. So, of course, they're, they do it to save their lives, and they do it because they also put money into their pocket. I, even if you found the most honest man or woman in Mexico, and they said, we're going to change this country, we're going to get it, we're going to use all of our natural resources, we're going to be number one, we're going to go after America to be number one, it would never happen because the cartels will just come in and they will kill you. They, the, you, know, you talk about me making four films, five films. The part that I get that gets me the most is that I don't think America understands what the cartels are. You know, a lot of times you hear cartels and you think of, you know, Al Pacino or something like that. Hey, say hello to my little friend. It's not mm-hmm. that. This is the cartel is like the U.S. Marines, right? They're well-funded. They're well-trained. They're watching us more than we're watching them. One of the things I used to have to do all the time, Megan, I remember doing a, a hit with you where you guys asked me to go down to Texas and I was there and I was showing how the cartels were bringing across drugs and people as the border patrol were chasing families. And my heart used to go through my chest because I'm sitting there and cartel scouts are right next to me. We have people in the US who are cartel scouts telling them what they could do and when they can come and when they should come. It is so dangerous. And now they've spread throughout this entire country. Every single last town in America has cartel presence. And every president, including Donald J. Trump, that sits in that White House knows that those scumbags are in this country poisoning our children, raping our daughters, beating our sons. And we let this crap go on day in and day out. And we've been letting it go on every day, every day for years. What happened with the tariffs, with the threat of the tariffs under Trump? Nothing. Nothing. He blew it up, Megan. He blew it up. Okay, so let me walk this back a little bit. I voted for President Trump twice. And, you know, I had my own ambitions for a while. And I said, all right, you know, I'm going to step back. I don't got I don't got Donald Trump money. I'm not going to get the support, whatever, because I'm just not a name like he is. And I watched what he did and I loved it. 
I loved everything he said. It's like he took my Fox News talking points and yeah. just hit re- hit repeat with 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 crazier hair and a bigger audience. And <laughs> what, really, really, it's what happened. And yeah, he what definitely has ha- been known to do that. Rick Santorum was uh, quoted as saying something like he took Rick Santorum's whole book on manufacturing, what's happening with the working class, and made it his policy. Megan, make America great again was Ronald Reagan. What Trump was brilliant enough to do was to take it and throw it on a red hat. And all of a sudden it became a movement. But that was that was Ronald Reagan. But if you go back to what I was saying, everything he said, everything with the books, even make build the wall. I was never a wall guy. I'll take it. It's like to me, it's like getting the salad when you go to Ruth Chris. Right. You're going for the steak, but I'll take the salad as well. A wall is not the answer. But you know what? I'll take the wall. It's like another arsenal. And what wind up happening, you really want to see, if you want to know why we are here today, where we are, Donald J. Trump, with all of his tough talk leading up to the day that he was inaugurated, really, that was the best we've ever had for illegal immigration. He stifled it. His tough talk, you know what it said? It said to the guy, a gal in Guatemala, keep your five grand, keep your 10 grand. Do not come up and give that to the cartel. I'm going to send you home. And oh, by the way, if you're here now, I'm going to be sending you home too. You're going to self-deport because I'm going to cut off the jobs. And I said, finally, we're going to get it and we could put up that wall and that'd be great. What wound up happening is he had it. He had it. And then he made a major mistake. And I blame this on Stephen Miller. I don't blame it on Trump. Trump tried to cut a deal. He wanted that damn wall. So what he was told was that if you give up DACA, you'll get your wall, which is stupid because that's not how this works. DACA is basically a legal status for people who were brought here under age 18 by their parents. And Americans are more sympathetic in general toward that group of undocumented workers, illegal immigrants, whatever your favorite term is. So he so go ahead. He gave up. He he bent on DACA. He bent on DACA and his bending on DACA was heard worldwide. He did a tweet. I had the tweet sitting right up here. He told Congress, get DACA done. Then he was on television saying, I love these kids. So now the messaging went from being hawkish to being light and airy, sort of like Obama. And let me stand you by because we have a clip from um, your documentary on this exact thing. Uh, There's an Arizona sheriff talking about how Trump's positive comments on DACA affected life. Watch. You're going to bring drugs and you're going to smuggle humans in our county. It's going to be very risky because you're going to go to prison if you get caught. How do you know that they're not going to come back? I don't. Unfortunately, they did come back. President Trump said in a tweet, I love DACA kids. And that opened up the floodgates. The influx of illegal immigration and illegal activity at the border was at an all-time high. It only got worse when President Biden ripped out all the provisions that Trump put in to try to fix the problem he created. And since then, Daniels has lost everything he had gained. Hmm. Yeah. So I'll try to fast forward this story for you. When he starts going light on DACA, the caravans begin. And when the Border Patrol agents who I'm still in touch with all the time, when they call me, they say, we ask them, we ask them and they say, yeah, Trump got light. He said he loved DACA kids. And now that's where they're all coming. Now, to his defense, he tried everything he could to stop that hole that he created on mistake. 
He, he had good intentions. That's why I, that I won't throw him under the bus. He had good intentions. He was trying to do one of his business deals, but that's not the way DC works. And that was very early in his presidency when he was sort of still getting his, his, uh, his surroundings together. Mm, his what, up ha- what happened was is that Biden then got up and took that message of I love uh, DACA kids and put it in steroids. And mm-hmm. that's why we have what we have here today. But make no mistake, had Trump taken that time period where he was in April, where it was 10,000, 15,000 people coming and put in E-Verify and put in the tariffs and crack down, this problem would be over. You'd have no reason to talk to me. I think the point you were making up top is worth zeroing in on, too, because it isn't just the Haitians that we're seeing in Del Rio. Yes, that's 10, as many as 16,000. But you're not making those numbers up of five to 7,000 a day crossing the border now. That's documented by the Biden administration. In July, it was over 200,000 who tried to get in. In two, in August, it was over 200,000 again. And only half of those, at best, were sent back down across the southern border under the COVID rule saying, and we don't have to give you any sort of a hearing because of COVID. And so even by Biden's numbers, they only sent back half. So that's 100,000 in 60 days that came across the border that they let stay in the United States who are supposedly, again, all going to show up for this asylum hearing, which they're all either going to blow off or they're going to show up to. Miller made a good point on this, or they'll show up to because 15% of the judges will say, okay, you, you get, you get asylum. Um, But for the 85% who don't get it, then they're just released. They're not put on a plane and sent back home. So we're talking about hundreds of thousands coming across the southern border month to month that we're doing nothing about. With all due respect, you're shortchanging the number. Because even if you take Title 42, which is what pushes them back because of COVID, or you take the remain in Mexico policy that they had, do you think that these people are just going back and be like, oh, all right, I'll, I'll wait for my appointment? No, and remain in Mexico is is basically Trump changed the rules so that when you apply for asylum, you have to remain in Mexico. You can't wait here. you got to remain in Mexico while that claim is adjudicated. But a lot of them already have crossed the border and are here and uh, managed to avoid it. Right. Do I have that? Yes. But even but even but even put yourself into the scenario, Megan, you've you've so put yourself as a woman. Right. So you've sold off everything. You've got any cash that you possibly had. You left everything behind. You went through. You probably got yourself raped by cartel members, if not once, twice. God knows how many different times. And now all of a sudden you're told, okay, you're just going to remain in Mexico. Now you're sitting there thinking to yourself, remain in Mexico. I don't trust this. Am I going to get sent back to Guatemala? You know what you're going to do? You're going to sneak over the border and you're going to be one of the people that gets through that isn't apprehended. So when you're looking at those numbers, when I say 5,000 to 7,000, because I'm taking 30 days and dividing it, right? So that doesn't count the people who are coming in that don't want asylum, that don't want to be apprehended because mm-hmm. they've got criminal records and, and very, very bad intentions for this country, whether it's the sex trafficker, the human trafficker, right? The drug trafficker, MS-13, or even worse, the terrorist. You're going to go through the normal channels of running away from the, uh, from the border patrol. Another thing I learned in my movies, my last one, it's, it's uh, They Come to America 4, you know, it starts off where I'm in San Diego and I'm talking to one of the you know best Border Patrol agents we've ever had. And he said, Dennis, we have disbanded our CBET team, which is basically the coastal team. So what happens now is that people who want to come in here, Chinese, Iranians, Hezbollah, whoever it is, will pay up to $100,000 to the cartels to be brought into the waterways with guaranteed passage to get through. That's on California's side. The other thing that nobody ever talks about, and this is why I was never a big wall guy to begin with, 
in Florida, you know, you know how they call everything a sector, right? We have sector. So you have the Tucson sector. Well, we have the Miami sector. So just alone, that's misleading because you would think, oh, Miami, Southern Florida. Uh-uh. The Miami sector is the panhandle, the whole west and east coast of Florida, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. Do you know how many border agents we have on any given month in that sector? 100 to 150, covering oh, all on. that area. We've got two or three boats. We take in over 5,000 people about two years ago, over 5,000 people from 64 different countries. How's a war going to stop that? We need to get our Border Patrol agents off the babysitting line. We have to stop making them sophisticated Uber drivers. We need to send these people home. We need to cut off the jobs. We need to stop allowing people to get the jobs with the idea that they're going to get a job. You know, Kamala Harris goes down to Central America. She's going to figure it all out. I'm going to save her a lot of time. Just cut off the damn jobs because then you could take the Border Patrol agents and have them go after what they're supposed to go after. The sex traffickers, the drug traffickers and the damn terrorists that come into this country. Mm. You're not wrong. And Kamala Harris, you know, our our immigrations are. She's paid absolutely no attention to what's happening down at the southern border, in particular with this latest crisis, until we had this what turns out to be a bogus news story about the the Border Patrol agents whipping the Haitian migrants with whips. Um, We're going to get into that. We're going to talk about why the media completely ignored this story until this week um, in just a minute. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are golden retrievers which means Tubi is more popular than using meat-flavored toothpaste. More popular than never figuring out what W-A-L-K spells. More popular than kicking your leg when a human rubs your belly just right. Tubi, it's more popular than golden retrievers. See you in there. Hi, it's Martha Stewart. You know, I spend a lot of time thinking about dirt. At 3 a.m.? At all hours of the day, really. What people don't know is that not all dirt is the same. You need dirt with the right kind of nutrients. New miracle Grow organic raised bed and garden soil is so dense, so full of nutrient-rich, high-quality ingredients. miracle Grow is simply the best. Welcome back, everyone, to The Megyn Kelly Show. Dennis Michael Lynch is my guest today. He's been covering the border and illegal immigration for years now. He's produced a series of five amazing documentaries on the subject called They Come to America. Dennis embeds himself into the communities to see just how our soft immigration policies have affected the locals, right? You live in New York. You don't think about this. You feel like, oh, you, oh maybe you're in the heartland. You don't think this bothers you. It does. And you pay attention to what's happening to, your, to our friends at the southern border. It's extremely eye-opening. In this exclusive clip from his most recent offering, They Come to America 5, we see how one local farmer's land in Arizona is used to traffic millions in drugs. I started making my films in 2010, and each and every year I would always visit the Ladd Ranch in Cochise County, Arizona. Rancher John Ladd had shown me just about everything, but it got to its fever pitch. In 2014. In the last 22 months, we've had 43 full-size trucks full of marijuana come across this border, cutting the wall. They cut it at ground level, lays it on the ground, they drive trucks in. 
Same place all the time. They know where they're coming and they still get away. A pickup full of marijuana is worth a million bucks. So we've had $43 million go through this ranch. Nobody stops them. Nobody stopped it. How is that happening? I, I don't understand it. I haven't been caught. This is absolutely the worst it's been for 23 years. Mm, this is one of the reasons, Dennis, why you say that the wall's a joke. Like this is, you'll take it, but it's not the main solution. And just to add a couple of numbers to the numbers there, um, 26 Republican governors have now written demanding a meeting with President Biden to address this crisis, saying your policies have created an international humanitarian crisis. They say border apprehensions are up almost 500 percent compared to last year and almost 10,000 of those apprehended have prior criminal convictions, to your point, the ones who are just trying to sneak across. These are not all like we see the sad families and they try to tug at our heartstrings. Uh, Thousands and thousands of these folks coming across the border are criminals, criminals, dangerous criminals. And on the drug front, they say more fentanyl has been seized this fiscal year than the last three years combined. Fentanyl, which is a disgusting drug that's really corrupting lives coast to coast in this country. How do you think it gets here? It doesn't magically appear. Um, They're pushing it because people will pay big money for it. That's right. I mean, you know, there's a couple of things I want to pack in here for a second. As far as the wall goes, and I don't want to focus too much on the wall because that's almost old news, right? But when you look at the wall, first of all, half the illegal immigration into this country has historically been, and I say historically because I think this year is going to turn that upside down, but historically it has been people who come in on visas. So you come in legally on an airplane or a boat or, you know, across Canadian border, and then you stay. You never Mm -hmm. go back. You break your visa violator. Wall's not going to stop that. I already talked to you about the waterway. Plus, we've got 30 to 40 million people here already. So you've got to cut off the jobs. And another thing I had a problem with Stephen Miller, which uh, on the commercial break, it hit me. You know, if I said to you, if you called me, I'm saying, hey, Dennis, do you know a good babysitter? And I said to you, yeah, uh, Charles Manson. Would you you make the Mm -hmm. phone call? No, you wouldn't. You think I'm out of my mind. Why President Trump was ever in a meeting with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce is beyond me. Mm, I mean, mm-hmm. this is what I'm saying. Trump was trying to do the best he could, and he was surrounded by the people by people who didn't know how to fix this problem. Now, going back to what you're saying here two seconds ago, you've got the president telling me I got to jab my kid, that I've got to wear a mask, that I got to do social distancing, that this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. And I know that you know you're, you're, you got vaccinated. I didn't get vaccinated. I'm a healthy human being, and I don't need it. I'm not going to get it. That's my take on that. But now I'm being basically, you know, thrown out to the lions that I'm the problem that we have in this country. I have a problem with that. I have a problem with the fact that he has a super spreader at the border every single last month, letting these people go through, just not tested, not, well, why aren't we giving the people the Haitians right now? Why aren't we giving them all COVID shots? Why are we sending this stuff all over the country? Right, why aren't we just right. jabbing them right now? He's and not doing haven't. any of it. We have we have, we have the, the vaccines to give. We've given out we've given away 100 million to other countries. We absolutely could be vaccinating these folks who are in the United States. We won't do it. And here's why we finally got originally Saki, Jen Saki, um, who's the White House spokesperson, was asked, why aren't we doing that? And she was like, well, she kind of dodged it. She didn't give the reason why. And now she finally gave the reason why. And here do we have that? Hold on a second. Maybe we don't have it here. Oh, we do have it. OK, stand by and listen about what's going on at the border. Is somebody asking the foreign nationals who are walking into Del Rio, Texas and setting up camps on this side of the border for proof of vaccination or a negative COVID test? Well, first of all, I can re- re- I can readdress for you or re- re-talk you through what steps the, we that take. That is the policy for people who fly into the country. So if somebody walks into the country right across the river, 
Does somebody ask them to see their vaccination card? Well, let me explain to you again, Peter, how our process works. As individuals, so as individuals come across the border, uh, and uh, they are uh, both assessed for whether they have uh, any symptoms. If they have symptoms, they are the intention is for them to be quarantined. That is our process. They're not intending to stay here for a lengthy period of time. Oh my God, is she that? She's just lying. I mean, she's not. She can't believe that clueless, Dennis. Megan, I had a border patrol agent three days ago send me send me a message. Dennis, can you call me? Haven't talked to this guy in two years. So, okay, what's up? He says, nobody's talking about two things. I, I need you to get it out there. All right, great. I'm on Megan's show. I'll help get it out even more. Two things everybody needs to know. Number one, these people are being checked. The doctors are basically there and they're seeing what's going on. We're seeing tuberculosis. We're seeing you know swine flu. We're seeing scabies. We're seeing COVID. Mm. And then we're seeing things that are getting marked down as unknown. The doctors are literally saying, I've never seen this before. Oh, and they're being released into the general public. That's number one. Number two is if a, if a kid comes over right now, and that kid could be 21 years old, by the way, Megan, and they say, I'm 14 years old or younger, they are not fingerprinted. They're not photographed. They can say their name is Elvis Presley, and that's going to be their name. We're, and if they have an MS-13 tag, hey, are you part of a gang? Oh, no, I, you know, I got that. I was forced to get that. I'm not part of a gang, and they're just getting released. You just watched 18 months ago, this country come to a halt. We shut down businesses. We shut down everything. You basically were told to get into your house and don't do anything else. This country stopped on a dime. So I don't want to hear anybody's BS. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse or not. But you can go I, I for it. All right. You want to, it's total bullshit. I don't want to hear the bullshit from the Biden administration or anybody out of Washington, D.C. You can shut down those borders. We're the United States of America, damn it. Shut down those borders. Start caring about the people in this country. Start protecting lives. Start protecting jobs. All these people are coming in. You know what they're going to do? They're either going to wind up taking a job that an American should be taking, or they're going to wind up being on freaking welfare. And so this, everybody in this country is going to have to pay for this. And you want to know what it is? This is my opinion, Megan. I've been doing this for a long time, and you know you could get me revved up like nobody else ever did. That's why I always <laughs> love being on your show. Let me tell you something. <laughs> I remember being on your show. I remember it. I remember it was about Obamacare. Everybody's worried about freaking Obamacare. You know what? We still got Obamacare today. And I looked at you. And I said, Obamacare is a freaking insurance policy. That's not how you fundamentally transform a country. You fundamentally transform a country by swarming the border with people, bringing third world migrants in here. And I don't blame them for coming. If I was making a dollar a day down in Guatemala kicking my ass, I'd be coming up to East Hampton, Long Island and cutting grass for $25 an hour because that's what they're getting out in mm -hmm. the Hamptons. So mm -hmm. I don't blame them at all. I blame this government. And this is part of the fundamental transformation that Obama could not continue. He couldn't finish it off. He thought he was going to finish it off with Hillary, but Trump pulled out the Trump card. And now he's finishing the deal. Joe Biden is finishing the deal. We have very little chance, Megan, at ever being able to reverse what this guy is doing. He is the worst president in, in, in my lifetime. He makes Obama look like Reagan. Hmm. It is insane and infuriating when you think about these immigrants coming across the border with COVID. They're with not God immigrants. Knows what. They're not immigrants, Megan. Megan, they're not immigrants. Oh, what do we call them? You can't. You, migrants. Migrants. Okay. Because they're migrants. Because, listen, no, let me let me tell you why I'm saying that to you. And you know I love you. But the reason why I'm saying that to you is because words matter. And there are people around the world right now who have been waiting for three, four, five years, paying their fees, going through all of their yeah. uh, their checks, everything else, and they're getting screwed. 
They're getting totally. screwed. They're immigrants. They're yeah. immigrants. No, it's a good point. Um, so they're they they can come into the country with unknown diseases, unknown. And we let them walk around. Meanwhile, I was talking about this yesterday. My kids got to go to school and sit with like three inches of plexiglass between her and her neighbor while she sits at lunch. And they have to scream if they want to speak to each other and get in trouble if they lean back to try to talk to one another because safety. Right. Because science and the media is too cowardly as usual to shine any sort of a light on this, Dennis. And I want to talk to you about the the thing that finally got them to shine a light on what's happening down in Del Rio is the horror, the horror of the Border Patrol agents with, quote, whips, which aren't really whips. They're reins for horses, which they use as a whip on a horse, I suppose, but not on people. And they're trying to show us this video saying that they're whipping the migrants. That's not what the videos I have seen shown at all. They showed them using the horses to try to scare the migrants back away from the United States or back to where they're supposed to be. Um, Meanwhile, this is the reaction that we've had from an unhinged leftist media. Here's Ilan Omar on with Joy Reid talking about this the other night. Should we be looking at the budget of Department of Homeland Security? Because I was not aware that whips um, which come from the slave era, slavery era, were part of the package that we issue to any sort of law enforcement or government sanctioned personnel. Were you aware that that was being issued to people, that people had that kind of equipment on them that they could use on humans? I, I, I was not, and I am quite appalled. Um, you know, when it comes to our immigration policy for so many years, cruelty uh, has been very much embedded in it. Um, there is obviously systematic racism at play here. Um, we have seen many people come to our, our border, and the fact that we are dealing with mo- mainly black um, migrants and black immigrants uh, and asylum seekers at our border in this kind of way really speaks to the the kind of racism, systematic racism that is embedded in that department and all of the departments that deal with our immigration policy. Oh, my God. Are there two stupider people on television other than like Cuomo and Lemon? Is there are there two dumber people on television right now? Only if Biden and Harris are on. Uh, listen, I feel like you just tortured me. I, we're friends. You're, you're not supposed to torture me, Megan. Listen, it's just first so, of all, so stupid and, and obviously exploitative of their own narratives. They got it all in there: systemic racism and the immigrants are black because if they weren't black, we wouldn't be twirling the reins around the way we were. I keep waiting for the video where the person actually gets whipped. I haven't seen it. I've heard some trash talk. I don't know if we're going to get our border in trouble, our, our agents in, in trouble for trash talk, but they. They've been put in this position by the Biden administration the same way the migrants have, to be perfectly honest. You know, let me tell you, and they come to America for which um, people could get on for free on the DML News app. You will see at the beginning of that, Chris Harris, he is a uh, Border Patrol agent, and he shows me defibrillators. And he says, Dennis, we didn't get the defibrillators from the federal government. We took it out of our own station budget. So instead of buying new stuff for themselves, they went out and bought defibrillators because it it helps them save lives as people are coming across the border and they're dropping dead of a heart attack. The Border Patrol in one fiscal year, I think it was over two years ago, they wound up saving more lives than any other federal agency. Over 4,000 migrants were saved by the Border Patrol. So you know what? They're always looking. Megan, you know this. Me and you have been in the media for how long? You You want to sell? You want to get clicks? sell racism or sell that there's a storm that's going to take out the world. Those two things right there, you'll have TV viewers, you'll have clicks all day long. At the mm-hmm. end of the day, 
There is absolutely no will in Washington, D.C. to stop the problem. I'll give you, an, I'll give you something close to my heart. You know I lived 9-11. I'm one of the people who ran from the buildings. Prior to 9-11, we had 26 countries that we had on basically, you didn't, have to, you didn't have to have a waiver. It was a waiver. It was a visa waiver program. You didn't have to go through anything. We just let you come in here. After 9-11, when the 9-11 commission report basically said, hey, immigration fraud and fake documentation is basically what allowed these people to carry out 9-11, we should have zero, zero countries that are on a visa waiver program. Do you know how many we have today versus 26 that we used to have? We have 38. Oh, wow. We went higher. We went higher, Megan. I didn't realize that. Can yeah. we talk for a minute about the administration's reaction? Um, the Department of Homeland Security Secretary Mayorkas, he visited Del Rio on Monday, the only administration official high ranking to do so. He issued, quote, a stern warning, Dennis, a stern warning. He told them all this is going to go down in their permanent records um, to those coming, <laughs> those coming here illegally. He said go the ahead. border's what not open. The border's not open. People should not take the perilous journey here. We are returning people to other countries. Um, and then our, you know, our immigration chief, Kamala Harris, weighed in in a really helpful way. And did she did she, you know, back up his message that you got to get out? Here's what she had to say about the images coming out of Del Rio over the past week. What I saw depicted about um, those individuals on horseback treating human beings the way they were horrible. And um, I fully support what is happening right now, which is a thorough investigation into exactly what is going on there. Um, But human beings should never be treated that way. And I'm deeply troubled about it. And I'll also be talking to Secretary Mayorkas today about She's deeply troubled about them. And Dennis, can I tell you, this is just breaking right now in my ear. Uh, The agents accused of, quote, whipping migrants. Again, the video does not appear to show that wide open for other footage. But what they're putting out there right now as evidence doesn't do it, have just been assigned to desk duty. They've just been. So the only remedial action they've taken other than sending a few Haitians back to Haiti and everybody else has been dispersed into the United States is to put these agents who are trying to control the situation. They're completely outmanned on desk duty. Listen, I mean, At the end of the day, they want to crush the border. Biden administration does not want to have a border. The Democrats do not want to have a border. They want it to be wide open. And one of the greatest ways that you can do that is just crush the morale of the border patrol. You know how many guys are going to walk off the job because they, you know what? They're going to say, we're going to the next one. We're going to wind up going to jail. I mean, this is this is the plan, Megan. Just destroy the border and bring in the fundamental transformation that Obama wanted. Level the playing field around the world. Make it so this way the U.S. is just a bag of peanuts and everybody's just stomping on those peanuts and all that's left is crumbs. I am telling you that if the DHS secretary gets up there and tells Ron Johnson like he did yesterday, that's the clip you should have played, about how it is that he doesn't know how many people are being released into the country and where they're going. And Ron Johnson saying, I want answers. You want answers? You can't handle the truth. It was Mm -hmm. like watching that that movie with Tom Cruise. Yeah, yeah, right. And at the end of the day, how does the number one guy in the country responsible for the defense of this nation, nation not know the numbers? He doesn't want to give the numbers. And the reason being is they never want this pandemic to stop. It is the greatest way to ensure that you fundamentally transform this country, that you win the midterms, that you win 2024, and that you never have another Donald J. Trump or anyone even close to being like him, including Ron DeSantis, 
in the White House again. They are doing this. So this way, this pandemic has got to stay. I got a question for you. The media should be doing a bigger job of figuring out which children are actually the ones who the hospitalizations for COVID. Because you know what I know over the past 10 years? When my kid has the snipples or my kid isn't feeling so great, I take her or him to the pediatrician. I don't take them to the hospital. You know who takes mm. their kids to the hospital? Illegal immigrants because they have nowhere else to go and they use the hospital as their primary doctor. And I want to know how many people that are going in with these kids because we're, we're scaring everybody to, to, to hell and back. Your kids are all going to die. This is going to be the worst thing in the world. We got to protect the kids. We got to protect the kids. What are you talking about? We need to protect the kids. You're killing these kids, putting masks on their face, making mm. them stay at home with virtual learning. The dangers of all this stuff. I, I, we just did a post on Facebook. I interviewed a renowned doctor, Dr. Carderis. He's got cl three clinics in the United States. He's world renowned. Everybody's always having him come in. He's on every single last media place you can imagine. Fox News, 2020, you name it, has a book called Glow Kids. Had him on my podcast tells me all the different things that's bad about virtual learning. And then on top of that, making the kids go back to mask, talking about depression and suicide and how all these numbers are going up and the damage Obesity. it's doing on the, on, the, on, the, um, on the frontal cortex. Do you know that Facebook took it down? Oh, God. Said that I was, that I was posting stuff that was harmful to people? He didn't want this it to like stop. The same thing. Even Rand Paul has had a couple of his posts on masks and other things taken down because it didn't, you know, comport with what Facebook says is quote the truth. I will say this to your point about um, pol the politics of it. Dallas Morning News, University of Texas Tyler just came out with a poll: uh, eleven hundred plus registered voters, including um, the Texas Latino voters. Texas Latino voters disapprove of Joe Biden. They disapprove of his policies as president, and they really disapprove of his policies when it comes to immigration. They say 54% um, of Latino voters in Texas disapprove of the job Biden's doing. Only 35% approve. That mirrors basically the overall numbers, uh, Latinos and everyone else uh, in Texas. Only 29% of folks in Texas approve his handling of the border. 52% disapprove. Latinos and, and non-Latinos alike do not like the way this is being handled. And you can understand why, to your point a minute ago, Dennis, about the, the way people have gotten into this country lawfully, the way they've had to wait, the hoops they've had to jump through. Um, I got to run, but I want to give you the last word. Look, you know, I learned a lot of things over the past 10 years. And one of the things that I learned is that the Latino people in this country are hardworking. They're good, God-fearing people. And a lot of times they're held guilty by association and it pisses them off because they did the things the right way. Until we get, the last word is this, until there is a will to stop this problem, it will continue. It is the number one problem in this country, except for the media. And until we get somebody in there who has the will and the spine to cut off the jobs and cut off the incentives and just say the party is fucking over, we're getting nowhere. Excuse my profanity. No, it's fine. You know, <laughs> you do it to me every time. Me. You do it to me every time. <laughs> you know, what this is reminding me of. So when I used to having on the Kelly file and, the, and all my shows before that, Debbie Murphy, who's still my producer, um, she would she'd get in a panic because she'd see the look come over my eyes like, oh, my God, this is amazing. And I would be sucked into the Dennis Michael Lynch just the performance. You're just so compelling. You're, you have your facts and you're such a great deliverer of them. And on the Kelly file, we only had 42 minutes of content. So it was impossible to spend too 
too much time there. And she would feel she would feel the next guest slipping away. And she would get panicked. And now it's so beautiful because we have time and I can enjoy the Dennis Michael Lynch show in, in ways I never could before. And man, it's just as good as I remember. Megan, there was one day, Megan, it was great seeing you. The one thing I remember you saying one thing, I was on studio with you one day and it, it was the commercial was going off and you said, my producer just whis- whispered into my ear, Dennis is mesmerizing you again. Yes, so, it's the spell. <laughs> <laughs> Megan, thanks for having me on. Congratulations on all your success. And I need to tell you that I've, aside from my children and my wife, I would say that I've lived one of the most incredible lives a man could live. If somebody said to me, if you had one chance to live something over again, I would say, I'd want to go back and do the Kelly file, a whole thing that we used to do. Nobody uh-huh. has ever matched what you were able to create in that room. It is uh-huh. simply the best television show that has ever been on cable news, and it is sorely missed. I hope your podcast is as successful as that. And I'd uh-huh. love to be back with you again. And if I don't get the chance, God bless you, Doug, who I met on the train that day. What yeah. a swell guy he is. Yeah. And, and your children. God bless Thank you. Thank you so much, Dennis. You absolutely will be back. The only thing stopping it will be if you're not able. Uh, but I can see, I'm sure my audience can hear why I'm such a fan of yours and always have been. All the best. We'll talk Th- soon. Thanks, Megan. What a guy. Um, okay, we're not done because up next, we're going to be joined by a Texas rancher who's going to tell us what it's like to live near the border amid the migrant invasion and the measures that her family has to, had to take to feel safe on their own property. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Welcome back to the Megan Kelly Show, everyone. In just the last few minutes, we have learned that the border agents seen allegedly whipping Haitian migrants. P.S. The, the video does not show that. It does not show that. Uh, in Del Rio have been reassigned now to desk duty while an investigation is conducted. The DHS secretary in Mayorkas uh, is testifying today before the Homeland Security Committee and saying those agents, quote, do not reflect who we are as a country and that his agency will investigate this with, quote, tremendous force. This same tremendous force has not been present in the administration's dealing uh, with close to 16,000 migrants entering our country, uh, about which they've shown absolutely no outrage. Joining me now is Texas rancher Stephanie Crisp Canales. Stephanie's here to share what it's actually like to live with the border crisis every day and how it's affecting her livelihood and family. Stephanie, thank you so much for being here. Can I tell you, so I I've been living in New York for the past, I don't know, 17 years, I don't know how many years it's been. And I have a lot of great friends on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. And when they talk about illegal immigration, they say, you know, like, I'm an immigrant. My family are immigrants. I'm pro-immigration. And I say, how long have you been living in Manhattan? You don't know anything about what we're talking about. When we talk about immigration, we're not talking about what happened 100 years ago that filled America with a melting pot of people that gave us exposure to diverse cultures and so on. We're talking about something very different right now. And they've spent absolutely no time along the southern border or northern border for that matter. Um, you have. How long have you been living in your town and how far away is it from the Mexican border? Um, well, I was born and raised down here, so over 40 years now. And um, we are approximately 56 miles from the border. And what's the name of your town? 
Um, Artesia Wells. It's a little tiny dot on the map. (laughs) Okay. And so, and are you, you're on a ranch? Yes, ma'am. And describe that for us. Um, well, I mean, it's my family's ranch, so we have, you know, a few thousand acres. We, um, we operate a cattle operation and, um, it's since the new administration took office, it has been just a, um, a constant battle fighting with the illegal immigration problem. Have you noticed an uptick? Oh yes. Oh yes. And I want to point out during, um, you know, there's always been people coming through our property as long as I've been alive. Obviously, people have always been illegally crossing the Rio Grande, coming over here for for a better life. Um, but during when President Trump was in office, during his entire time in office, we did not physically lay eyes on not one illegal alien the entire wow. time. Yes. Um, two weeks after the current administration took office, we started seeing people just mm. coming over here. Um, you can sit in our you know, dining room table and look out into the backyard and you can see them running. It's Is it very- wonderful families holding hands, skipping through your fields? Or, I mean, do we have reason to be concerned about who's crossing in? No, all of the ones that we have seen come through our property, they are all young males. They're, they dress in all black, big backpacks, or all camouflage with big backpacks. And they do not want to be caught uh, because our, our local border patrol will tell us the majority of them, when the ones that they catch and they run them, they are wanted for murder, rape, just awful things. Hmm. The, the number of crimes that have already been committed by a lot of these folks is stunning. And then we've seen from the stats that many of them go on to commit crimes inside the United States. Um, but this has just been a sh- super short block because we want to get another break in. But we're going to come right back with Stephanie Chris Canales uh, and what she's had to do now with her teenage daughters to help keep her family safe. If you think this isn't affecting Americans, uh, you're wrong. This is not all people who just want to live in America and do right and work and obey our laws. Not by a long shot. Uh, She'll be back with us in one minute. Don't go away. There are over 75 million monthly Tubi viewers. That's more people than there are influencers on the Internet, which means Tubi is more popular than sponsored posts for digestive enzymes and high coverage foundation. More popular than soft launching your boyfriend. More popular than making boomers explode with rage when you tell them how much you make on a single post. Tubi, it's more popular than influencers. See you in there. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Welcome back, everyone, to The Megan Kelly Show. We are talking about the border today, the southern border in particular, and there's a lot to cover. Texas rancher Stephanie Crisp-Canales is here with me to share her experience of what it's like 
living with this border crisis every day in a, in a way few of us have to. If you are a rancher or someone who has been affected by the border crisis, you can weigh in too. You can give us a call at 833-44-MEGAN, M-E-G-Y-N. That's 833-446-3496. Thanks for staying with us, Stephanie. So you see the uptick uh, as soon as Biden takes office. And how many how many people would you say you see crossing over your property in a week? Oh, it it varies. Um, you know, just a few days ago, there were seven of them one afternoon. Uh, we find remnants of them. A lot of them move at night because it is cooler. So when you go through the pastures, you can find their backpacks, their clothes, everything that they left behind when the smugglers pick them up. Mm. It's a huge mess. I, I used the term invasion earlier because I saw you on Fox using that word. Is that why do you say that that it feels like an invasion at this point? Because they are everywhere. They are all over your property. They are, um, you know, the the bailouts that that happen. They drive these vehicles drive up and down our road, and we live on a on a dead end little dirt road. And um, you know, all hours of the night, you see a vehicle going past, and you know that there are people out there going to jump in those vehicles, and it's. You know, when you don't know who is on your property at any given time, it is so unnerving that you know, it's an invasion. Do you have any reason to believe that they have drugs or illegal contraband weapons, anything like that on them? Our local border patrol have told us that um, they do carry weapons of some sort and they will tell us, you know, don't approach them. Uh, you know, if they come to your door, do not answer the door. Um, just consider them armed and armed and dangerous. And so that's what we do. Hmm. I read, I think your husband, Marcus, uh, owns what, a, a like a fishing and hunting and apparel store. Okay. Yes. So, so I read an interview, I think it was him who was saying he found some ammo on your, on your property. Um, some sort of, but like hollow point bullets. Is that true? Yes. Yes. And that's also very unnerving, <laughs> you know, because that's where we live. And, um, we we no longer you know walk around outside. Um, we if we leave our house, um, we have a gun on us. We are constantly uh, vigilant, even if we're just going outside to you know feed the animals, whatever it may be. Um, we are constantly watching our surroundings because they uh, they have been known to um, you know approach ranchers and take over their vehicles and take off and. You, this you just, is another this is another thing that I try to explain to my friends in, in New York who are, for the most part, very anti-gun and want all sorts of restrictions on guns. And I say it's wonderful for you living in your high rise building with your doorman and several layers between you and any potential bad guys to take that position. Um, but imagine if you didn't have a police force that would come in two seconds. Right. Imagine if there were no layers between you and bad guys who are right in your backyard. So, I mean, they're kind of related. It's it's not an accident that a lot of folks who live in these more red states that are more rural and have to deal with these issues are not only opposed to this kind of immigration and want crackdowns, but are also pro-gun. Correct. Unless you have been down here and unless you live down here, you have no idea. I'm sure that, you know, when you call 911, uh, somebody shows up relatively quickly for you. Uh, when we call 911, we're on our own, um, especially right now, since uh, all of the troopers are now down in Del Rio 
We have um, just a handful of troopers left in our county. Uh, we have, in fact, my husband came upon, there were seven illegal aliens on our property. Um, he called for the border patrol. The border patrol told him, we, we can't, I can't send anybody to you because all of my agents are in the neighboring county processing people. So is Del Rio where that is, that that's close to you? We are about two hours from Del Rio. Okay. And yes. and how old are your, you have two daughters. How old are they now? 18 and 16. And so tell us what you've done to try to ensure their safety. Well, we, we've had several discussions uh, with them. And of course, I'm being raised on, you know, on a ranch. They are well uh, versed with weapons, gun safety, things like that. And, you know, as a, as a parent, you obviously will do anything to protect your children. Um, you know, you, you kill somebody, you, you will protect your children. And, but when you have to have that talk with your kids about, you know, they may have to take somebody's life to protect their own. That was a really hard conversation to have with them. And, and I never want them to be faced with that, but the way it stands currently right now, um, we have to we have to do that. We have to have those conversations because, like I said, nobody's going to come when when we call for help um, unless it's a, a neighboring rancher, which is what we what we do. When you see somebody like Kamala Harris basically ignoring this, um, she didn't go down to the border. She actually went uh, and threw the coin toss at the Howard University football game. Uh, our president was at, in Rehoboth Beach, which is a very, very lovely area of Delaware, enjoying himself on a bike ride this weekend. Um, they weren't down there and they decide to weigh in. She Kamala Harris weighs in by saying how horrific the footage was of the border agents allegedly whipping the migrants, which, again, is not supported by the the videotape that has been released so far. And I should mention as well that the right. um, uh, here's National Border Patrol Council slammed the Biden administration for for condemning these images without understanding the, the situation. They said they don't know what happened. This is a legitimate law enforcement action. This was meant to protect the migrants coming across. They say um, this is from the John Solomon Reports podcast where they had the, the National Border Patrol Council on there. They said they the they swing the reins around to keep the migrants from getting too close to the horse and getting trampled. The Fraternal Order of Police also came out and said anybody with two brain cells knows that agents use split reins down there. They do use them as a whip on the horses. This helps get a quicker response from the horse to move out when needed. Um, they were trying to keep people safe. They say these accusations are motivated by ignorance and unhinged emotions. I mean, you I'm sure you've ridden a horse on your ranch. Are you familiar with split reins and how they look and work? Yes. And it's ridiculous that these agents um, are having to go through this. They're doing their job. Any any cowboy will tell you they did nothing wrong. And that's what but that's what Kamala Harris is outraged about. That's what she wants an investigation into, not how we got 16000 migrants sitting two hours from you as random people run through your you know, your ranch during the middle of the day and your girls are sitting there wondering if they're going to have to fire a gun to protect their lives. They, she doesn't want to investigate that, Stephanie. No, that's not of interest no. to her. We have been, um, and I speak for our neighboring, our neighbor, neighboring ranches when I say that we truly, we have been um, ignored, forgotten um, by our current administration. It's, um, it's disgusting. And what can you talk to me about something called the bailout? Because I know you've said that multiple bailout vehicles uh, cross your ranch as well. And they've been in your town because I've been seeing the news reports since April talking about how they're, they're increasing. And there's warnings from the sheriff's office to protect your kids. They're seeing a lot more immigration, illegal immigration and bailouts. What's a bailout? 
A bailout, that is a, um, a stolen vehicle that's driven by a U.S. citizen. They come down uh, to the border and they pick up as many illegals as they can. And they load up and they head north. And um, inevitably, you know, law enforcement will get behind them because they're driving a stolen vehicle with stolen tags. As soon as the law enforcement um, officer tries to pull them over, they will take off. Uh, mainly because the driver, who is a U.S. citizen, does not want to get caught because that's possible federal prison time. So they will go off the main road and they will go through our fences onto our property. They will crash. When, they, when the vehicle comes to a stop, everybody in the vehicle will bail out and run. And they all run in different directions because, you know, it's, it's harder to catch 20 people if they're all running in different directions. Um, and then, so then as ranchers, we are left with broken fences, broken gates. We have to make those repairs ourselves. And it's, it's very frustrating. You're right. Cause that's, that's not only the cost of the fence, but it's the cost of the lost cattle and so on that you have to deal with. Yeah. And there's no way of tracking these folks down. Just as an example, in April, um, the Catola Independent School District posted a notice to its Facebook page. Be watchful of children playing outside as areas in this county have experienced a great increase in chases and bailouts. It's not possible to be too careful, they said. Keep a close eye on your children as they play outside, as they walk home from school or generally just leave the house. And the local sheriff said we're seeing eight to 10 car chases a day now. Big increases over the past sometimes end in bailouts. We're increasing patrols, uptick in human smuggling, chases through neighborhoods, steps away from kids where kids play. I mean, this is insane. How are you expected yes. to live like this? Yes, and that's what I mean. People think, well, that's just happening out on ranches, or but it's not. It's happening in our towns, and and that is scary. You know, schools. When you let out at the end of the day, you're you're constantly the teachers are have to be vigilant, um, and they they do a great job of that. But it's it's scary that we have to live this way. And to the media that continues to refuse to use the word crisis to describe what's happening at the southern border, what's your message? I would invite them to come down here because until you until you come down here and experience it firsthand with your own eyes, you're you're not going to understand. And and either they don't or they don't care. Neither options particularly good. Stephanie, all the best to you. Please stay safe. You and your entire family. Thank you. My God, it's so disturbing, isn't it? Isn't it? Did, did you need to hear that? Are you a Yankee like me? I mean, I'm familiar because I worked at Fox News for 14 years and we did shed a light on this kind of thing. And we got out of our media bubble and tried to understand what was happening in the rest of the country. But too many in the media refused to do that. Too many people who are city slickers just don't think this is a problem. Well, it is. Can you imagine getting a warning like that about your children playing outside? Um, we wanted to pick up the discussion on cartels, right? The, the role that the cartels are playing in this border crisis. You heard Dennis Michael Lynch talk about it. And for that, we're going to bring in Brandon Darby. Brandon was born in Texas, and he's been reporting for years on the growing power of the cartels, including their violent tactics, how they have seized control of entire border cities in Mexico, inching closer and closer to the United States. He is the director of Breitbart's Border and Cartel Chronicles and is with me now. Brandon, how you doing? Hey, Megan. Thank you for having me on. Of course, my pleasure. So give us the broad brush explanation of the cartel's roles in facilitating illegal immigration across the southern border. Why do they do it and, and how big is their role? Well, I, I think uh, one of the biggest problems 
that I face and that uh, my team faces in getting the word out <clears throat> is that the U.S. government and uh, U.S. media outlets, well, first off, most media outlets ignore what's going on. Uh, Fox doesn't, Breitbart doesn't, and a few others. But one of the problems is that we we don't realize that all of these different cartels, right? We have we have nine sectors on our southwest border, our border with Mexico, and all of these different cartels control different regions of that border, and all of them have different mo's. All of them have different ways they do business. They have different approaches to to their business models, right? They have different business models, and as we move west along the border, the cartels there seem to be a lot more mature. They have older people in leadership and they make decisions not only to make money today, but to make money tomorrow. They want to have long-term profits coming in. But as we move into the Texas border and we look at two groups, the Gulf Cartel and Los Etas, um, what we find is that they don't really care if what they're doing today brings a lot more law enforcement presence and cameras. They know that it's going to hurt their business tomorrow, but they don't care. And that's why we see most of the people who come here illegally or for asylum, the people, whether you call them migrants or illegal aliens, whatever terminology you want to use, there's a mixture of all of that. Um, that's why they come to these very specific areas. It's because the particular factions of the particular cartels who control that territory there have decided that they want to embrace asylum seekers and illegal immigrants and migrants uh, and refugee seekers and all of these things. They want to embrace them um, as a business model. So when we look at South of Texas and McAllen, how, how does that work? The, how does the business model work? Like how, how do the cartels make money? Well, off of okay. It? So what they do is they go into Central America specifically the Reynosa faction of the Gulf cartel, they go into Central America and they encourage people to come and they say, look, you know, I know you don't have the money to come right now, but you don't have to have it. We know where your mom is. We know where your family is as collateral. You can go to the United States. Uh, we'll get you there. You're going to owe us 7,500 bucks or $10,000 or $5,000, depending on when it is. Um, but you're going to owe us this money and you can make payments to us every two weeks. Uh, um, and you can pay it off over a number of years uh, so that you can actually go there and your family will have something back here. Your mom isn't walking around barefoot or having to do other people's laundry in their underwear. And you can have some prestige for your family and have some money. And so these people say, you know what? OK, like I'm going to do it. And so they get in this agreement with the Gulf cartel and the Gulf cartel smuggles them in. They train them what to say. Some people want to be smuggled in secretly, and that's one deal that they get into uh, where they sneak them across the border and then sneak them into the interior of the United States. And others, they don't have any criminal records or what have you. So the Gulf cartel trains them what to say. And they said, you say you're in fear for your life. You request asylum. And this is what you're going to do. And those are the people that we see um, turning themselves into Border Patrol, which are the vast majority right now wasn't during the Trump years, but it is now in the Biden administration. So it's, it's, it's a, and then those people are used to divert, divert attention. So the Gulf cartel can get drugs in over here when they're sending families over here. It's a huge mess. Uh, but it, but it all really is dependent on the specific cartels that we're talking about. So why would the people 
want to get caught? Why would they want to get detained and say, "Okay, I'm applying for asylum because it's a very low chance they're actually going to get asylum, though they'll be released into the United States? I realize the Haitian thing is an exception to this because Biden had a temporary program that said you can all you're all going to be allowed to stay temporarily, uh, given what's happening in Haiti. And so that was a major, major incentive, though you had to be here before July 29th, though a lot of people didn't get that memo, as it turns out. Um, But my point is, in general, what would be the incentive to actually declare yourself and deal with Border Patrol as opposed to just sneaking in and trying to get a job? Well, you get to be here and and you get to be here. And uh, it's a lot more likely that you're going to get to stay in the U.S. if you turn yourself in and request asylum and wait the years for your hearing, right, uh, while you're free in the U.S. working than it is if you get caught sneaking in. It's a very different situation. So if people step on our soil and they walk up to the first U.S. authority that they see and they say, hey, I want asylum, that's a very different situation. And they're much more likely to get to stay for a longer period of time and have what's called a successful migration attempt, right? They're much more likely to get to stay if they do it that way. Um, and, and, you know, Megan, <clears throat> a lot of people miss this and people ask me all the time, they said, well, is Biden responsible? I'm like, well, he's, he's in part responsible, right? Uh, a big part responsible, the administration is. But, but what it is, is anytime with illegal immigration or irregular migration or whatever you want to call it, You have to have push factors and pull factors, right? So the push factor is that it's horrible to live wherever they're living for whatever reason. And the pull factor is if our policies encourage them to come, if our policies make them think that they're going to get to stay, then if you have those two factors together, it is inevitable that people are going to leave where it's bad and come where they think it's better. And that's what we have going on right now. So the cartels make money by basically extorting people. They say, we'll get you across. You're going to get a nice job in the United States. And then you're going to send back money to, yes, your mom, but also us for the next 10 years. Uh, how else do they make money? Talk about the the drug factor. Well, you know, when you talk about cartels, it's a very interesting situation because in Mexico, you have to picture that there's like this big circle of corruption. Okay. And the cartel is actually, the drug cartel is actually just one small little slice of that pie, right? You have politicians, you have previous presidents of Mexico who are are verifiably had campaigns that were funded in part by drug cartel money. Um, You have a lot of public corruption in Mexico. So the other piece of that pie are the politicians, the lawyers, the financiers, other industry leaders, and they're all part of that. So every time we take out a cartel bus, right, we're just really removing one replaceable part of that pie and they just fill that in with someone else and the rest of the circle is largely left alone. Uh, We saw that recently uh, with Mexico's former defense minister um, who was arrested by the U.S. for his role in in being really the chief architect of drugs coming into our country through Mexico. And then the U.S. government decided to let him go because of diplomatic pressure. Um, So... It's a gigantic mess that that we're dealing with with them. You know, they make about like with the Gulf Cartel, for instance, they make about a third of their money from illegal immigration or asylum claimants. They make about a third from drugs and then about another third from um, from other business ventures that they're into extortion, avocados, like, you know, uh, uh, getting, uh, you know, protection money, kidnapping, uh, bank robbing, all these kind of things, all these other crimes. 
Um, but about a third of their money comes from illegal immigration or asylum seekers. But if you go west on the border and you go to all the Sinaloa cartel factions, that's not true with them. They make most of their money from drugs. And it just depends on the region that we're talking about. And when you say drugs, I mean, the cartels, so they're, they have drugs and they're sending drugs. Their drug money is American drug money. They don't make all their drug money off of Mexicans. They make it off of us. They need to get it into the United States so that, you know, because we have money and we pay for it. And we have a lot of people who want drugs here, fentanyl and otherwise. So that, I mean, that's when we're talking about Mexican drug cartels pushing drugs or Mexican cartels pushing drugs, we're talking about pushing them to Americans to Americans, to people in Western Europe. But but in this context with our border, yes, ma'am, we're talking about uh, they push those drugs to Americans. And there's kind of a misnomer that, that you know, people will say, well, if the, if the demand wasn't there in the U.S., these, drugs car- these drug cartels wouldn't exist. And that's partially true, but it's really not completely true because what we saw like with methamphetamine, for instance, was the drug cartels began to push methamphetamine and then Americans started to have, you know, they, they started to focus on meth first, supplying it before Americans really had an appetite for it um, a, on a large scale. So it, it really just, you know, um, it really just depends. But when we're talking about the, the cartels, uh, I, I, I really do think it's important that people understand the nuance between the various cartels. Like it, it is in primarily the Gulf cartel, one faction of the Gulf cartel that's been leading most of the asylum seekers and illegal immigration into our country. And recently we saw Los Zetas decide, hey, wait a minute, we want to make some of that money too. And that's a large, in large part why we saw the Haitians show up where they showed up at a region of the border that wasn't prepared is because another cartel decided they wanted to adopt that business model that the Gulf cartel had been using. So, I mean, as a practical matter, what do they do? They run around. The Haitians have been hanging out in Mexico for a long time now. I mean, since they say since 2010, this actually wasn't just in response to the earthquake or the assassination of their president. This is um, it's been coming for a while. That's why it's not an, a proper asylum case. You know, you, you seek asylum to, to escape an emergency situation in your home country. That's not at all what's going on here. They've been residing in Mexico for a long, long time from what we're told. So what happens? They 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 start rounding up, just going around. They know where the Haitians are hanging out and they say, hey, now's your your best chance to make it in the United States. Let me take you to this river. Here's a suitcase or get your suitcase. This is the plan. Like you're going to you're going to cross over. There's a bridge. You're going to hang out there. And then our last guest was a rancher talking to us about how she'd see an American come by in, the, in like a Jeep or a truck and pick up a bunch of these migrants who had crossed the, the border and they take off. She was talking about bailouts, which I know you know about, too, where they, you know, they, they get chased and then they stop and everybody runs. They bail out of the car and then they're they're lost. But is, is that all a cartel operation? Like it's the, the, the nuts and bolts of it are kind of interesting to me about how they do it. Absolutely. It is. Um, you know, if you, we were talking about Arizona, for instance, in the Pet Canyon corridor where Border Patrol agent Brian Terry was killed. Um, or if we're talking, uh, you know, in the Tucson sector, if we're talking about Texas, there's different ways that it manifests. But like like in, in Arizona, for instance, in the Tucson sector, what they have is they're very professional. They uh, they generally avoid illegal immigration, even though that does happen. It's not on the scale that we see in Texas, uh, in the Rio Grande Valley sector or the, the Del Rio sector or even the Laredo sector. Um, <clears throat> but what they do is they have scout teams who cross our border. They go deep within uh, Arizona. They get on mountaintops. They have radios. And then they monitor where all of our Border Patrol agents are. Uh, and they guide the load through. And they say, hey, don't come this way. There's agents over here. Uh, there's this many on duty. And, 
and uh, half of them are over here. So half of them are still out. Wait, hold your load. And then they guide the loads all the way to Phoenix with scouts uh, on top of mountains in our country. Uh, in Texas, it manifests very differently. In Texas, um, obviously, we don't have the mountains along our border, most of our border. Um, yeah, there are no do hills. That. Right. Not, not, not in the Rio Grande Valley sector, but what they typically do do there is, you know, uh, women come from Central America, uh, depending on whose estimate you listen to, uh, whether it's Amnesty International or Doctors Without Borders, somewhere between 33% and 80% of all of the females who come through the Gulf Cartel territory from Central America um, are sexually assaulted on the way. Uh, sometimes multiple times. Mm. The expectation that that's going to occur is there. Oh they get to the border. They're they're kept in a crowded stash house. And then when the Gulf cartel decides like, hey, um, we want to run a drug load through. So now we're going to let you cross. Some of them cross uh, and turn themselves in for asylum. Others don't. And they get taken and smuggled across into a stash house in Texas. And then from there, they get taken to Brooks County, Texas, and they uh, are told to walk and it's just a short walk. And then it turns out it's not a short walk. It takes days and many of them die. And that's why in Brooks County, Texas, uh, if people were to research that, they'd see a lot of work that we've done and the Weather Channel and National Geographic. Others have done work as well. Um, so many hundreds of migrants' bodies are found there because they, they're left once they, they can't make it anymore. They sprain an ankle or they're, they're too dehydrated and the smugglers just leave them. And those smugglers are connected to the Gulf cartel. And so it just depends on where we are. But I can tell you, um, the, the issue is very complicated. There are ranchers like the nice woman that you had on before me and her experiences are true. Um, there are angel families who have lost their kids and their brothers and sisters and fathers and mothers to people who were here illegally. There are also people who were here illegally and they had kids and those kids became doctors or got their PhDs or became law enforcement officers or served in our military. All of these things are true at the same time. And one of the reasons we can't mm -hmm. deal with it as a nation and actually address the problem, this complicated problem, is because we have one side telling one set of stories and we have another side telling another set of stories, which all of them are true. It's just that we can't reconcile in our head that, that they're all true together. Um, and coming up with a solution that everyone can agree on would, would be a lot easier if we just kind of acknowledge the particulars. But most of us don't, right? We stay on this very right. surface level. Um, and that's part of the problem we're dealing with, with cartels, with our border, with immigration, illegal immigration. Uh, it's all kind of the interconnected. That's a great point. I know that, um, you know, one of the things you mentioned is the use of women and the use of pregnant women in particular. And that that was a headline coming out. Um, I'm trying to get my notes in front of me. Uh, Ten babies have been delivered just since just since last Thursday. Could be more now because this is an article from yesterday in that um in that Del Rio underneath that bridge. And there's a lot of more pregnant women there and babies crowded into these squalid conditions there. But the, the use of pregnant women is a choice by a lot of these cartels. And we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk again with Brandon Darby, my guest now. He's the director of Breitbart's Border and Cartel Chronicles. Really thoughtful pieces, really thoughtful investigations. Uh, and we're going to talk with Brandon about a Texas family, and he's reported on this, who went missing 
and the possible connection to these cartels. And we would love to hear from you on your thoughts on all of this. What are your thoughts on our vice president attacking the Border Patrol before knowing all the facts? Now these guys are in desk duty thanks to the DHS secretary. Call me at 833-44-MEGAN, M-E-G-Y-N. That's 833-446-3496. On this episode of Plant Killers, we'll explore one nation's most notorious fruit and vegetable killer, bad dirt. What makes bad dirt so bad? The answer, the ingredients. But fear not, true crime enthusiasts. This story has a happy ending. New miracle Grow organic raised bed in garden soil. It's made with quality organic ingredients from upcycled green waste like compost and aged bark. Unlike the other guys who can't say the same. Looks like bad dirt's murdering days are over. Thanks to miracle Grow. Join us next time on Plant Killers. Welcome back to the Megan Kelly Show, everyone. Gosh, there's so much to go over. In about uh, 15 minutes, we're going to be taking your calls at 833-44-MEGAN, 833-44-MEGYN. That's 833-446-3496. We'd love to hear from you on your thoughts on all of this. Back with me now is Brandon Darby, director of Breitbart's Border and Cartel Chronicles. Brandon, but you've been doing such great work on this. Can we talk about how the cartels, they want to attract pregnant women. They use Facebook to attract pregnant women. And we're seeing some of that under that bridge in Del Rio right now. Why and how? Yes, ma'am. So so in Mexico, WhatsApp, um, the app is is a very popular, which is owned by Facebook. Um, and they also use Facebook, right? So they they use social media. Um, in every other mechanism they can to get the word out that it's time for people to come and that there's a mechanism for people to get here. Uh, it isn't organic, you know, and that's one of the things I, I really try to impress upon people is it's, it isn't an organic thing that, that uh, thousands of people primarily from Haiti, Haiti just show up at our border at this one particular point, right? They were directed to go there um, and they were brought there. Uh, they were encouraged to go there. Uh, by people. And oftentimes they use social media, they use word of mouth. Um, but they also use social media uh, to, to, to get here and to encourage people to get here. Yes, ma'am. Why? Why would the cartel decide, you know, now September of 2021 is a good time to send all these Haitians who've been here for 10 years across this particular point of the southern border under that bridge? Well, that's a good question. Um, what we do know is we know that Los Cetas has decided to get into the migrant smuggling business uh, much more than they have in the past, kind of mimicking what the Gulf Cartel has done, or at least factions of the Gulf Cartel. Uh, we know that there were policy decisions in the United States and uh, uh, rhetoric in the United States that uh, gave people the idea that they would, in fact, be able to stay, that the environment would be more friendly to them staying. Um, and we know that uh, <clears throat> people showed up here. So uh, all we can really say is that, that Los Zetas decided now was a good time to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's possible that some other organization decided now was a good time and Los Zetas just capitalized on it early on. We don't really know that right now. We have are different, they, are, di- are they different smart ideas enough? about it. Are, are they calculating enough to take advantage of birthright citizenship? You know, there are, are there cartels using women about to have a baby in that way? Yes, uh, very much so. And, and that's, it, that's one of those tricky things, you know, like, I'm going to say this, it's going to make everyone mad, but it, it's a tricky situation. Because as a mother, you can understand, as a father, I can understand why someone would want their baby to be a US citizen. But at the same time, I can understand the effects on current US citizens, 
that that occurs. And um, mm-hmm. so it's a very complicated situation. And the cartels are very well aware. Uh, the cartels who we're speaking of are very well aware of of how to use media, how to use media perceptions, how to run media campaigns. Like when you look at the people who come across the border seeking asylum uh, in the Gulf Cartel territory, like south of McAllen, Texas, or in and around McAllen, Texas, uh, those people are dressed in clean clothes. They're dressed in T-shirts that have American band names on them or, you know, West U.S. clothes because the cartel wants people to see that and wants people to sympathize with them so that the cartel wow. can continue to do more of it. So they're very, very astute. These are, like I said, these aren't just the drug dealers. These are the lawyers, the politicians, the the financiers. Uh, these are very smart, capable people Um who are are benefiting from not only the drug trade but also from from the migrant trade? Uh, very smart is a manipulation, people. and these are also and you your reporting has helped <clears throat> underscore this. I mean, cold hearted criminals. You know, you've reported on this like crematorium they have in this one field where they're torturing people yeah, to death, members of rival gangs, <clears throat> and using a crematorium to and and vats of acid or what have you to dispose of their bodies. I don't know what it is, but you you've obtained some extraordinary footage and reporting on this. Yes, ma'am, we um our team routinely goes into Mexico and and gets that footage and and uh builds relationships so people will give us footage in some cases. Um you know, a lot of our writers are in Mexico. They're 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 journalists and others in Mexico who cannot write about what's going on there, or they'll get murdered. Uh, people don't realize this, but but more journalists get murdered in Mexico uh, than just about anywhere else in the world. Uh, uh, you know, Syria last year, I think, had more journalists get murdered, but, but Mexico, I think, was number two. And so a lot of our writers are actually people in Mexico who are Mexicans who cannot write about what's going on there. So what they do is they write under a pseudonym and they send us the stories, we fact check, and, and then we edit them and translate them to English and we publish so that the whole world can see, right? At least the English-speaking world and the Spanish-speaking world can see what's actually going on there. That's our Cartel Chronicles project. That's part of the reason why I think our border coverage is so thorough is because not only do we have the sources on the U.S. side and can we travel the U.S. side, but we also report on what's going on on the Mexican side of that border. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's very complicated. You guys care. I mean, unlike most media outlets, you actually care and you put the resources in it so that you can shed a light on these stories. Well, one of the things that I really want to convey to people, just so they understand the context this is occurring with them, in Mexico and on portions along our border, you know, Mexico has 32 states. Over half of those states are not technically under the control of their central government in Mexico City. They are, are controlled by paramilitary transnational criminal organizations that we call drug cartels, but, but they're much more than that. They have armored vehicles. They travel in, in, in uh, just like a military does. They are paramilitary. They have heavy weaponry. Some cases they, they are using bombs. They're using, you know, terrorism like uh, to, to keep control. So when Mexico wants to do a police action in Northern along our border, uh, south of Texas, they can't send in the federales or the police. They have to use their Marines. They actually have to use their armed forces to come and go after these groups because these groups are that armed and they are that much in control. 
And I think people need to understand that. I don't think it's, you know, when Beto O'Rourke or other Democrats say, oh, the border's safe, it's really flippant. And not only is it dishonest, it's, uh, it's very disrespectful to the people in northern Mexico, right, who, who are living through this hell. If we think mm. what's going on on our border is bad, how do you think that people in northern Mexico feel about what's going on on the border and what no, they I live can, under? cannot imagine. And, and meanwhile, you've got uh, reporting like this saying as many as 50 people, including a Texas woman. This is from Daily Mail dated June 26. You guys have reported on it, too. 50 people, including a Texas woman and her two children, are missing after setting out on three hour car trips between Mexico's industrial hub of Monterey and the border city of Nuevo Laredo. While traveling down a stretch of road, the local media has dubbed, quote, the highway of death. What's that about? Again, so there are certain places along the border. And remember, we talked earlier a little bit about some cartels uh, don't care about tomorrow and some cartels are more professional. Like if you move west in the United States, like with all the Sinaloa groups um, in this particular case, again, we're talking about Los Setas. They've changed their name to CDN, but I'm not going to let them rebrand. They, they own everything that they've done to people. And uh, I still call them Los Setas. Um, and they control that territory. Uh, the Mexican government does not control that territory. They have uh, municipal camera systems to help monitor people. They have intel data centers. So when they stop people on the road, they can run it through and see if someone's a government informant, if they're if they have any problems with anyone in the cartel, if they're a U.S. citizen or not a U.S. citizen, what they're doing there. Um, these are very, they are very, very much in control, just like a government. And Nuevo Laredo, across the river from Laredo, Texas, is the, it is the hub, it is the headquarters of Los Setas, and they control that city with an iron fist. Wow. No one goes in the city without them knowing it, and no one leaves without them knowing it. Um, and that's a, that's a problem. And it's, it's also a problem because most of our border, the urban areas, the cities have border barriers. We can call it a wall if you want to call it that, but they're really big fences, right? Uh, segments of big fences. And most of the urban areas have those fencing, except for Laredo, Texas. And Laredo, Texas does not. And Los Zetas takes advantage of that. Um, mm. Recently, some of their hitmen came into Texas. We reported on this recently as well, and actually did a hit job on someone. Their assassins crossed our border snuck into the U.S., killed some people, and then fled back. And that's something that does happen. I saw that. And, they have, um, they, have, they yeah. arrested the, those who helped the hitmen, but they didn't get the actual hitmen themselves. But it's crazy right. to think of a 39-year-old employee of a Laredo, Texas school district missing now because of you know trying to take this trip and visit family, I guess, mm -hmm. reportedly in Mexico. Last question, because I got to run after this. Um, you have made a point uh, in your tweets lately saying, stop blaming the migrants stopped blaming the border patrol and said and you said, don't be manipulated into getting mad at the border patrol over this. These images coming out that and, and sort of have been reminding folks of the dereliction of duty that the media has shown in covering this case. I want to give you the last word on that. Yes, ma'am. I you know, we've been covering the, the just the Haitian crisis under the border bridge for several weeks now from when it was a couple of hundred people to where to where it went to 18,000 people. And this administration left 18,000 mostly black migrants under a bridge without 
proper sanitation, without food, without enough water. They were living in their own excrement. And media largely ignored it, not completely, but they largely ignored it. They definitely didn't make it a big deal. And they waited until abort. They had an image where the, the focus of the anger could be against a, board of, a lone Border Patrol agent on a horse swinging his split reins, uh, which anyone who knows a horse knows what those are, who rides a horse knows what those are. Um, and they waited until they could make the focus of this story, the Border Patrol agent, and not the Biden administration, who that Border Patrol agent works for, ultimately, um, and answers to. And uh, and they've really, it, it, yeah, so basically, a lot of people were left under a bridge, and nothing really of, of import was done for them. We have reports of Border Patrol agents having to buy stuff out of their own pockets to give to those people, diapers and waters and food. And, um, and the administration really dropped the ball. Um, and somehow or another, we we're supposed to believe that that lone agent deserves all of the scorn for the upset yeah. images that we're seeing instead of the president himself. And I, I just That's don't right. think it's honest. I, I think Border Patrol agents uh, are oftentimes the focus. You know, People redirect their anger toward Border Patrol agents. And I think that politicians tend to, to redirect people's anger towards the actual Border Patrol agent on the border of course. instead like of the being, president. They're being scapegoated. Uh, and so keep an eye on how exactly that's done and how the media complies with it, uh, is complicit in the effort. Brandon, thank you so much. What a pleasure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Well, we'd love to know your thoughts on all that we've discussed today when it comes to the crisis at our southern border. Give us a call now, 833-44-MEGAN, M-E-G-Y-N. That's 833-446-3496. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. All right. The phone lines are open. Call us at 833-44-MEGYN, 833-446-3496. Going to take our first caller, Kathy from Florida. Kathy, what's on your mind? Well, I have a daughter. I just got so emotional. It's ridiculous. I have a daughter who's a Border Patrol agent, and I have a son-in-law that's Border Patrol agent. And... um, you know, so for them, I understand that Border Patrol agent on his horse is just trying to control the crowd. He was doing his job, and for them to put him on desk duty is ridiculous. And also that the vice president um, really has not done her job, and she has no business um, getting involved in this. Mm-hmm. The same. I mean, let's not forget she called Jacob Blake a hero, right, who got shot by the police in the Midwest, um, called him a hero. She's so quick to run in and comment on these cases before they've been adjudicated. And then it seems to me the last thing these agents need is to have our leaders piling on them, right, calling this horrific. I, who knows if she's even seen the tape? Um, Kathy, thank you for the service of your daughter yes, and your yes. son-in-law. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Are you there? Is she still and there? My son is. Yeah. Go ahead. Megan? Yeah, no, go ahead. And my son is a professional polo player. 
So, oh. of course, you know, when somebody's around horses all the time, you can understand how how they need to be controlling their animals. And these people are trying to get away from them. Mm-hmm. Right. No. And, and the, the fact that the media chose not to cover this at all. And meanwhile, you've got 16, maybe 18. You just heard Brandon say thousand migrants sitting there in these squalid conditions without running water, with babies being born and inadequate supplies. And the media has no interest because that's not going to help Joe Biden. But as soon as they've got an image that they think hurts the Border Patrol, now they're all over it. It's infuriating. Kathy, thank you for calling. Um, let me go down to uh, Maggie in Pennsylvania. Maggie, what's on your mind? Hey, Megan, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Pray for us. We need a new mayor. Um, I don't understand why Governor Abbott, I think I've heard her grumblings, and Ken Paxson don't just go in there and tell the DHS, go fly a kite. This is a scam. Let's just take it over. Remember mm-hmm. how these special forces went in and and actually brought uh, Americans home. Biden doesn't give a rat's ass about anybody. This is a scam. This is being run by Obama and Soros. And they are truly trying to bring America down. We know that. Why are we sitting back and watching news reports nightly and letting them do this? It's time to stop. It's time to take action and stop it because it's going to be horrible what's happened to America. Well, well, I'll, t- I'll say a word in, in Governor Abbott's defense. I mean, he's he's one of the 26 GOP governors who's demanded a meeting with Biden to address this. So far, no word on whether it's happening. He requested an emergency declaration. He said, you know, you got all these ki- families, kids. They don't have adequate water, food, medical supplies. And then he actually on Friday signed a nearly two billion dollar border security funding bill. That's going to nearly triple the amount that they spend on border defense. Uh, He says it's the Fed's job, but Biden's not doing it. So Texas is going to step it up. Border protection agents have encountered millions of immigrants, they say. um, But now we're going to spend 750 million bucks towards the construction of a barrier, temporary chain link fences, so on. Um, And he's actually started a crowdfunding crowdfunding site. That's what it's come to. But I mean, he's got to do something. They've raised about 54 million for the wall. They're going to use some of the Texas military to to now go to the border since we don't have nearly enough agents down there. And you heard that, um, you know, from our guests talking about how few there are down there. It's just disgusting. Um, okay. Want to get down to, let's see, Richard. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Richard down in Texas. Richard, what's the story? Megan, God bless you for what you're trying to do, hon. But this treasonous Chinese, uh, operative Joe Biden and Obama and all of them behind him. Why don't, I, I, all we can really do, you know, I used to live, I own land out of Del Rio. I'm a cattleman and a rancher. And I tell you what, you got a lot of good people back here in the country, and y'all aren't hearing anything from us. But when these good people start doing bad things, I believe it'll wake them up up here in the White House. But I pray it doesn't get to that. But what is happening is a complete abuse. Joe Biden, or Cho, as I call him, because he's working for the Chinese, he is not... He, 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 First thing he's supposed to do is is guard America and her borders against all these things that are happening. If people do not see that he's compromised and Obama's right in there with him ever since Obama, we've been calling it in the country and we've been right. What they're trying to do is destroy the United States from America from the inside. The only reason that they haven't let the Chinese step in here and take over the White House and everything else yet, and maybe even the Russians, is because the citizens still have their weapons. And if they don't hurry and get something done, there's a bunch of people in the country. Y'all aren't hearing from us, but they're they're waiting. And when good people start doing bad things because this president isn't taking care of business. 
Well, we don't want that, but we do want you to defend yourself. God forbid you find yourself in trouble with one of these, you know, potentially law-breaking criminals who are crossing the border with impunity, right? I mean, what other choice do you have? Stay safe down there. Thanks for your thoughts. And thanks to all of you for listening today. I want to tell you that tomorrow we're going to be doing an hour, a full show on Kelly's Court. My favorite lawyer is Mark Eiglarsh. Arthur Idol are going to be here. We're going to talk Theranos trial, Elizabeth Holmes, and a bunch of others. Download episodes of the MK Show on Apple, Pandora, Stitcher. We'll see you tomorrow. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. 